G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Hey, it's nice to talk about having faith, but it's much harder actually to put it into practice, to use our faith in the heat of battle. Why does God allow battles? Why why should we have to use faith? Hey, why does he do things this way? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and it's great to be back with you again. Today we're going to take a powerful look once more at your faith from, of course, a different perspective. Over these last few days on the program, we've been taking a look at a story, well, not so much about our faith, but about God's faithfulness. It's the story of one of Israel's very darkest hours. They're under siege in Samaria. People were starving. The king had lost the plot. Mothers were cannibalizing their children. And the king inquires of God's prophet Elijah, and the prophet tells him that that everything will be fine in 24 hours. It'll just be fine. There's going to be enough food to go around. Have you ever been in a siege in your life? Ever picked up a Bible and read some powerful, inspiring, impossible passage like, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea. And if you do not doubt in your heart, but believe that what you have said will come to pass, it will be done for you. That's great. That was just great, Jesus. It's a great quote. Thank you. But in my circumstances, in my life, in the middle of my desperate siege and impossible circumstances, I just can't believe that. I'd like to, but I can't. And everything that's human and rational about us, it really makes it much easier not to believe than to believe. And so today, today I just want to draw the story of the siege together because as we chew it over and swallow it, I believe God's going to feed us. I believe God is going to build up our faith because you and I, We have some mountains that need to be moved, don't we? Now let's just stop and think about this for a minute. Israel is under siege. The king has lost the plot. The people have lost the plot. God speaks through his prophet and says it'll all be okay tomorrow this time. These people who profess to believe in God show not a single ounce of faith. None. Zip. Nada. Now you may at this point be asking yourself, okay, well if that's the case, what's this particular story got to do with faith? The king's lost hope, mothers are eating their kids, the lepers, four lowly outcasts, who were the only ones to step out into the unknown, even they acted out of necessity instead of faith. They sat at the gate of this city under siege and asked themselves, well, why are we going to stay here and die? We can't go back in there. They're all dying. We can't stay here. The only option is to see if we can convince the Aramean army to spare us. So off they go, only to discover that God has already gone ahead of them and done this mighty miracle and the Aramean camp lies empty and ready to be plundered. When they told the king, he still didn't believe, and the captain of the guard was trampled to death because of his unbelief. You can read about it in 2 Kings chapter 6 and 7. It's a really confronting historical account of an absolute lack of faith. That's it in a nutshell. And yet still, God blesses Israel. Not one ounce of faith, and still the blessing flowed. How can this 
be a story about faith? What's it doing in a series of radio programs called Having Faith That Moves Mountains? It has nothing to do with faith. Now, they're all good questions. And my answer is simply this. It is precisely because not a single mustard seed of faith is to be found in this story that I've included it. Not one person showed faith. Not one. Except the prophet Elisha. The man who stood his ground and spoke the word of God to a king who was ready to kill him. The one man who trusted God. Did Elijah have any idea how this impossible word from God was to be fulfilled? Well, we don't find that out. But if he did, even that required a mighty amount of faith to believe. This particular prophecy to the king didn't give Elisha a whole bunch of wriggle room. It was very specific with a 24-hour fuse on it. And if God didn't show up, he was going to blow up in Elisha's face. Yet none of the others in the story show any faith. And here's why I've included it in this series of programs about faith, because it demonstrates very clearly that God doesn't depend on us to do his will. He isn't sitting around waiting in heaven, scratching his head, wringing his hands, sweating on you and me to deliver. He's not sitting there looking at me thinking, oh no, Bernie's blowing it again. What am I going to do? How am I going to solve this dilemma without Bernie? (laughs) We might laugh. But don't we start getting this, this distorted notion that God's eternal plan for the cosmos hinges on the strength of our faith? Well... Get this, let us sink it into your heart. This story is about the faithfulness of God, not the faith of men. This story tells us about a God who is worthy of our faith. It tells us that what God says and what God does are one and the same thing, however impossible things may seem. God has a plan, and he tells us about that plan through his word. Read any story about any character whom you want to choose in the Bible, even a story about four hapless lepers with no names, and you will discover a faithful God in that story. The whole point of this story is this, that when God speaks, you and I can take him at his word. We never, ever have to worry about that. He doesn't depart from his word. He is the one person who always delivers on his promises. He always does what he says. So we can open our Bibles and believe that what it says about who we are and what his plans are and who we are in Christ and how he's calling us to respond, we can believe that he means those things for me and for you and that he will never, ever fail us. If we're going to talk about faith, let's not begin to conceive of faith as some inanimate object. It's not just faith that moves mountains. It's faith in the God with the power and the desire to move our mountains that moves mountains. Let me ask you something. Who benefited from the miracle in this story? The lepers? They did. They showed no apparent faith, but they did step out. They they walked into the miracle. They kind of stumbled in on it rather than believing for it. Well, the king did, and he was a hopeless leader, whichever way you looked at him. He was going to shoot the messenger, but he didn't. He neither heeded the word of God nor believed it. He didn't even believe when he was told of what had happened And yet the king benefited from the miracle. Elisha too benefited from the miracle, not specifically, not in any special way, but only because he was part of Israel in that city of Samaria that once was under siege and starving, but now had an abundance of everything. The whole of Israel benefits from the miracle. The one man who didn't, though, was the captain of the guard because he defied God. He hurled his unbelief in God's face. This was the man who stood before the prophet and said, in effect, 
God, there is no way you can do what the prophet's saying. This was the one sin that God did not allow to go unpunished that day. The captain saw it, but he never ate from it. He never participated in the fruit of God's blessing. Seems to me that the thing we learn through this story is this, that even in the most dire of circumstances amidst the most impossible of people, God remains the God of blessing. Our failure will not bring God undone. His plans don't depend on us. They won't be thwarted by us. And sometimes all we need to do is to step out and walk into them. Can I ask you this? I mean, these lepers had no faith and they were blessed. The Israelites had no faith and they were blessed. How much more will we see the blessings of God when we hear God's word and believe him? Let me ask you. What is the one thing that somehow you can't seem to believe God for? The, the miracle, the breakthrough. What if instead of imagining somehow that it all depends on your faith, you just abandon it to God? What if instead of staying here in this place and dying, you just kind of head off across no man's land like those lepers? Well, what if... gets tough. It's so easy to be filled with faith and overflowing in hope when everything's going fine. But when life takes a turn for the worse, when the pressure's really on, our hope seems all too often to evaporate. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of my latest life application booklet. It's called More Hope Than You Can Ever Imagine. And with life application questions at the end of each chapter, you'll be able to chew things over to apply God's word on hope right into the realities of your life. Because his word is alive and active. Amen. So I'm praying that through this booklet, he'll fill you to overflowing with a rock-solid certain hope available to you in Christ and Christ alone. You can request your free copy right now. Just stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 and we'll send it straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1-300-722-415. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond and I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. For taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.